to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Synonauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. We're back for reals this time. Back for realsies. <laughs> it's legit. It's been a long journey, but we've made it. We are finally going to talk about Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia, which is which was in reference to Days and Confused. I went. I had to go back and double check. Oh yeah. But uh, we made it. We're here. The people have been clamoring. They said it wouldn't happen, and we did. Been it. getting death threats now. Yeah. Strange chopped up letters in the mail made up of different letters of magazines. Where's Magnolia? Where is it? And then it says Love Cast. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's all it is. Yeah. Absurd. Um so before we get to the uh, episode, obviously we gotta talk about what you watched what we watched this week. Boom, there's been a lot of conversation. Oh my god! On the internet, a lot around the industry the about industry. your love of the Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's huge. It's huge. It is one of the biggest pomp podcast bombshells ever dropped. This is like the first season of Serial. The amount of engagement that we're seeing uh, around the Amazing Spider-Man Two. People I've never seen really show their face in in the chats all of a sudden just appearing out of the woodwork being like boom high five and then disappearing again into the wilderness yeah i appreciate have, all of them do you have more you want to say about or maybe something to say for the amazing spider-man 2 truthers <laughs> yeah i'd just like to say thank you to everyone who is coming out of the shadows um to stand with me in this in this fight mm-hmm it's not over. It'll never be over, but over. <laughs> we're growing stronger every day, guys. And thank you. <laughs> uh, powerful words by, by such a leader. The hero we needed. The hero, yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Boom. Just remember yeah, this. Right. Thank you. As you lead these amazing Spider-Man 2 <laughs> army through the wilderness. Through Jonestown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, did you watch anything else this week, Boom? Anything else of note? Honestly, not really. I, oh, I went to see, <laughs> did I, I think the only movies I've logged since like last week, I went to go see Dog with my mom and my sister Ooh, in space right oh, now. Is that, oh, oh, is that the Channing Tatum? Not Ryan Reynolds, Channing Tatum. Directorial yeah. debut. Directorial debut. <laughs> Oh, he directs that yeah. too and stars uh-huh. in it? He, co-dir- oh he co-directed it. Um, uh-huh. And it's a buddy film where he's on a road trip with a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much sums it up. Um, there's like an overarching story where he's like ex-military trying to get back in the game. And he has mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. like help this dog out. And the dog is... Has also trauma. It's a war dog. The dog has. Is it a real dog or war. is it a CG dog? It's a real dog. <laughs> nice. No, it's better. It's better. It's a real dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy um, that you have to even ask that. That's a, yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. A lot of CG animals. Yeah. Oh no, I know. A lot of CG animals. Um, but yeah, it was fine. How many times I gave did it you three cry? Stars. I cried at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I would oh cry God. more. I definitely cried at the end. Um, we we all saw it coming. My mom loved it. And that was kind of the purpose of us doing that anyways. Sure. was just for sure. her to have a good day at the movies. Um, yeah, like there's no scenario where I'm not into a Channing Tatum buddy film with a dog. Channing Tatum, little... Sorry, he's super ahead. underrated as a comedy actor. That dude is funny as yeah. hell. I agree with uh, you a hundred percent. He's hilarious. And like, I think he kind of got typecast a little bit into the like weird, sensitive Hawkeye movies, yeah. which he like never fully no. sold for me. Like obviously magic Mike 
2 is one of my favorite movies ever. I think he's amazing. Anything where he dances, he's amazing in. But all yeah, the like incredible. Nicholas Sparks esque films. Um, oh yeah, that's great. He, he's very basic. I mean, yeah, but like he's so funny. His cameo in This Is the End is an all time. Yeah. If yeah, you haven't agreed. seen it, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, don't look it up. Just go watch that hilarious movie. All timer. Yeah. Uh, Hail Caesar. If he's hilarious Ooh, in that. Twenty One yeah. Jump Street. I mean, he's in. He's funny in a lot of stuff. And then he's awesome in movies like Fo- uh, Fox Catcher and Step. I mean, Step Up to the Streets. Shout out, Step Up to. Was he in only the sequel, or was he in the original? He no, he is in the no, first in the one. First one. Okay. In the Sorry, sequel, Ian, he shows up as like the the brother, Ian, the mentor, right? What? No, he's the brother to the girl because. You know? Oh, that's right. That's the right, lead yeah. girl. But sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you just said step up to the streets. Like, did you say that from your heart or were you reading it off of something? It's called because step up to the streets. I know that's what it's called. I just want to know if like, <laughs> are you a step up to the streets yes, fan or obviously. not? Okay, obviously. thank you. What, what kind of question is that? Step up to the streets was <laughs> one of the most incredible moments of <laughs> cinema I've been in. The final dance. <laughs> oh, in the in rain. The rain? Oh, <laughs> with the with the cars and the uh, and the other high beams are on. I mean, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, stepping through the streets. Let's see, Letterbox two point nine sickos. <laughs> that movie is so fucking good. See now you know how I feel about the Amazing Spider Man two. The Amazing yeah. Spider Man two step up to the streets best sequels of all time. <laughs> what's the What's the Godfather? Probably. What's the Godfather 2? No, no, no. Godfather's third after the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2 and Step Up to the Streets. Um, Step Up 3D was not that good. But Step Up no. 1 and 2 to the Streets so are... Good. I'm going to watch that Channing Tatum. tonight. The 3D must have been terrible. Uh, yeah, it probably wasn't. Was it a lot movie. of like sliding towards the camera? You know, like it's sort of like sliding yeah. towards the camera. Yeah. One more time. Do that again. Yeah, do the move. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, there was. Watch yeah. out, Channing Tatum. That's right. Catcher's yeah. on his way. God. He's coming for your gig. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, Channing is in, in Hateful Eight too. That movie fucking rocks, and he is so good in that. Um, anyway, I haven't okay. seen that either. Sorry. Besides yeah, Channing. Channing. Channing and Dog. That's it. That's all I watched. That and Euphoria, nice. but I don't want to talk about Euphoria. Well, go about listen. Enough. You don't have to go yeah. listen to Euphoria. Yeah, go listen to it on the Film Hags feed, right? On the film hags feed, yes. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um, yes, the film hags booms other podcasts. Well, quote unquote, other podcasts that may or may not be coming back. Wait, it's past. <laughs> it's past February, so you absolutely missed the. Oh deadline. my gosh, Ian! We anyway. that's we released an episode. We said okay. we'd be around. Maggie was sleeping, but she was there. <laughs> no, she wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just trying to create that. <laughs> Fake story about her being. I don't there. know if Maggie knows what Euphoria is. Um, <laughs> so go listen to that Euphoria episode. I haven't listened yet because I haven't finished the season. But no, you have to. Cool. Fit. It's spoilerful, so definitely. Yep. Watch then listen. Um, let's see. Catcher, what did you watch? Uh, what did I watch this week? Um, oh, oh yes, okay. Huge. This is huge. Huge news. Um, <laughs> do you have Disney Plus? Yes. Do you like dogs? Yes. Okay. What you need to do right now <laughs> is you need to go into uh-huh. Disney Plus uh, and you need to watch a show on Disney Plus called Doug Days. I think it's called Doug Days. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Upshorts. Yes. Okay. So it's oh yeah, it's Carl shows. and Doug, the dog from Up. And after yeah. all their adventures, they settle in. They're like, a, you know, just a pair of buddies. They live together. And the, the they created some like original series for Disney Plus. There was like four episodes, four or five episodes. They're ten mm-hmm, minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just the greatest joy of my whole life. Um, I was <laughs> listening to uh, Screen Drafts, this podcast I've talked about a couple times on the show, mm-hmm. uh, and they did like a six and a half hour. 22 Pixar draft where it was like they drafted Holy shit. all 22. This is one episode? One, six e- and a half hours? one episode, yeah. That's psychotic. It, it is psychotic. Luckily, I had like uh, work this weekend, so I was just listening to that while I was at work. Um, but so I was in the mood for like 
Pixar. I was like, okay, maybe I'll let's see what's going on. Maybe I'll pick a movie. And then I see this Doug Days thing, and I was like, what is this? And it just f- melted my heart. It's the greatest. Yeah. If you love dogs, um, this will fill you with joy. Uh, so watch Doug Dog Doug, Doug Days. It's a it's amazing. Um, yeah. Also, really good Pixar shorts that are on Disney Plus. Ooh, yes. are the Forky Forky asks a question. Uh huh. <clears throat> this is in the Toy Story world. Um, Forky is in Toy Story Four. Yeah, and it's basically him like asking like, "What is money?" And then it's really funny. And so, are they is... like slightly educational? Is no. that the idea? Okay. No, I mean, I mean, on surface they are educational, but it's sure. like Forky being stupid and funny the whole time. Amazing. It's, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Um. So then, on that note, I, I Emma had never seen Inside Out, so we watched Inside Out. Now, Inside Out is. Like the great, I to me is like the quintessential Pixar movie. It's like all so the good. things they do so well, uh, all the things that they're about, and they do it so perfectly. Um, that they give that they like this movie for everything it does. The greatest thing it does is give like a vocabulary for people to talk about emotions in a way that mm-hmm. is like healthy and easy to understand, and that alone is like. If that's all Pixar ever did, that would be the greatest thing ever. And they've obviously made a million other movies, but I just think it's beautiful. And Bing Bong, it gets makes oh. me cry every time. Like so much about like the art that I make and the things I do, like the way I try and treat life is all about sort of like keeping a bit of that kid inside of mm-hmm. me at all times. And that just was like spoke to me. So that was yeah. awesome. Yep. Um, and I watched this movie called The Endless, which I actually had seen before and was one of those situations where you're like, oh, yeah, let's watch that. And then halfway through, you're like, no, I have seen this already <laughs> once. Um, it's by a pair of directors, Moorhead and Benson. They're sort of like indie darling dudes, mm-hmm. I guess, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, they're going to be directing that new Moon Knight series with mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a movie about two brothers that escape like a, a suicide doomsday cult um, when they're younger and decide to, they get pulled back in. Uh, and so they decide to go back and check in on everyone. And it's um, about brothers, but it's also about H like uh, Lovecraftian weird science fiction stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's fun. It's, it's kind of slow. Um, and it's definitely not a movie for everybody, but the, I am in the mood lately for, uh, movies that are big swings, even if they don't knock it out of the park, I'm up mm-hmm. for a big swing right now. So the endless for sure. Yeah, that that movie really signaled for me like my big theory on Pixar is that like the reason those movies are so good is because back up a little bit. So Toy Story, like most of us, we got into Pixar from Toy Story. That was sure. the very first thing, mm-hmm. and that movie aged with us all the way to Toy Story three, where like Andy goes to college. It's all about like moving on to the next phase of your life. And then after that, Pixar started doing just like basically adult animated films. Like Inside Out is a kid's movie on its surface, but most of those themes are like pretty complex for kids to like grasp and understand. Yeah. Like kid, you know, little kids don't really understand like forgetting parts of their childhood, obviously, because they're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, you know, rec- up to recent stuff, like most recently, um, uh, what was that one that I really loved? The jazz one. Um, uh, Soul. 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 Like, Soul's not a kid's movie in any way. Like, right. sure, he turns into a cat for, like, a little bit. That mm. movie, no kid understands, like, any of the themes of that movie sure. of, like, not fulfilling your purpose in life and trying to figure out what that was and what happens if that's taken away from you. Mm. Like, what kid understands that? Um, so I really love Inside Out because, to me, that was the moment where I was like, okay, like, they're doing different things here that mm. company, you know, animation studios are going to continue to try and catch up to you, but they never will. Um yeah, so yeah, know, with you on that. Uh, what about you? What did, did you see anything fun? Uh, I watched some old movies for work. Um, most notably, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, nice! Um, mm. I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, had not seen it. Uh, I thought I had for some reason. I hadn't. Um, I think I'd seen bits and bits and pieces of it because I didn't remember like the ending. Um, but Sydney Lumet, icon. Al Pacino, John Cazale, fucking unreal. Pacino, like, I don't really like Pacino that much. Like, I think he's only good in, like, three roles, and this is, like, one of them, I think. Yeah. 
Um, he is oh, damn. so good in this movie. I know there's a lot of Pacino lovers uh, who listen to the show, and I have to say Al Pacino is not <laughs> good for the most part. He is incredible in this. Um, definitely recommend people watch it. I mean, it's a iconic movie for a reason, and the acting performances are through the roof. Very good. Um, let me think. I don't think I've been watching any other new shows or anything like that. I probably have, but I'm gassed. I've had a long couple weeks, so mm-hmm. I am blanking, but I'm sure I'll think of things next week. And sorry, I wasn't able to watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <gasps> sorry, boom. It's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> I'm going to. It'll come to you when it's time. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll get it done to hopefully soon when my. Life slows down a little bit, hopefully. Um, cool. All right. Are we going to... Is it time? Yes, please. Let's just do time. this. Is it time or should we cancel and just stop this episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, there's an earthquake. Let's do uh, the <laughs> Carrie Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks listening, I hope you know that there were DM threads spread about how we would just cover a different Magnolia. Yeah. Like talk about steel Magnolias <laughs> instead. Yeah. We didn't do it, but that would have been hilarious. All right. So for the first time in a long time, let's get into our time machines. <laughs> little rusty. Little rusty. Yeah, a little rusty. Little there's gonna be some pickups here. And uh travel back to nineteen ninety-nine. So the main reason I wanted to cover Magnolia is A, I obviously love Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, but B, it related to Days and Confused in a couple ways. Days and Confused uh, was a blank check movie to steal a phrase from the podcast blank check because um, Richard Linklater made Slacker and they said, you can go do whatever you want. And he made uh, Days and Confused. Similar situation for Magnolia and Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, It was a blank check movie and he fucking went for it in a pretty absurd way. Uh, even beyond that, it all takes place uh, in one day, um, and it also uh, involves a huge cast, uh, a big ensemble cast with interweaving stories that all connect in various ways. Um, so to me, there are obvious parallels there. So, Magnolia. Catcher, uh, what was your relationship with this movie? You've seen it before, right? I had, yeah. Um it was a movie. It's another one of these movies I think I saw in like the like one of the only film classes I took in uh, college, mm-hmm. and uh, I always it had left like an odd taste in my mouth. Not that it was a bad taste, but it always was a weird movie. Um, the intro vignettes I were the thing that had always stuck with me the most mm-hmm. over anything else. They were very weird. It was very jarring for me as like a young, uh, like this was like in and around the time I was really getting into watching film in a serious way. And it was just this, this thing that always stuck with me and was always made me feel weird for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was excited to go back because PTA is like his later work starting with there will be blood like that watching that was like, during like the thick of like college uh being a film dude mm-hmm. um and so i was i've i've always fell in love with that movie um and so to go back now and like see some of his earlier work i've never seen punch drunk love all the way through um but it was like i don't know this oh, movie has like a well, weird you started punch drunk love and didn't finish it yeah yeah like a bunch of times actually um not because I mean, it was lot, bad, but... not because it was bad or anything. It was just like something happened. Like it just, you know, I had to leave or something, whatever. So it was never sure. like I was turned off by it. Sure. Um, but it was it was nice to go back and watch this for this show, because now that I've been like, you know, we've been doing this for a while. My brain is sort of in the space. It's try time to like dissect why I feel the way I feel about it. And so this mm-hmm. I was really happy that you chose it and I was happy to go back and revisit it. Nice. Yeah. Boom. I know you're new to the PTA meetings. Um, I'm new to the PTA meetings. Like, we did Boogie Nights, and we know that that's a movie I've been watching for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But I think 
that was like the only PTA movie I had seen up until essentially meeting Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but I, this movie is interesting. So we initially meant to record for this like two months ago. So we watched the film then, and I, it it was like a hard watch, but like very good. I was very into it. I gave it like four stars. And then I think my general apprehension to kind of like want to bid myself to rewatch it um, was like <laughs> kind of telling of how I truly felt, which it might be similar to Catcher's like thing and I don't know it's because I necessarily think it's a bad film I actually think it's a very well done film I actually compared it I said it's like the euphoria of the early yes 2000s mm. yeah like, you can't tell me the team so... behind euphoria was not massively inspired by Magnolia yeah, yeah even like the tone and the kind of like it's it's like in some ensemble in nature it's we're kind of like diving into the most like intense and like darkest parts of like the human psyche but still kind of making it not i wouldn't say light like i don't think light is the word but magical it brings it into us into the surface like to the surface in a way that you like don't really feel afraid of it Mm -hmm. like i don't necessarily want to watch this film all the time but like there's an honesty and a truth to it that i really appreciate just about kind of like loneliness and reconciliation and forgiveness like how people kind of get themselves into these like mental pickles and try to like either continue to get entangled with it or try to get themselves out of it um why people think they need redemption for things or why people like how people really fuck up i don't know it's like it's a lot of things um and it's just very good (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean I've seen this movie a handful of times, um, less so than my other PTAs, I think for obvious reasons that, that you both spoke to you. Like it is yeah. a really, really demanding movie and like, and not in a way like I, I think like there will be blood is, is a very demanding movie. Mm. And the master is also very demanding, um, of, of his audiences. But Magnolia is like, I love this movie, but it is like hard to watch. Yeah. Like there are a lot of parts to it where it's like overwhelming, you know, like even like Boom said, like the the opening or Catcher said the opening motifs, like the first 30 minutes, you think like you're going to get a break from it, but then it just kind of keeps going yeah. for the entire mm-hmm. fucking movie. Like that, that, that is a hard type of movie to watch and a hard thing to process. And like, yeah, you know, in the greater scope of, of PTA, it's really fascinating to me how he's gone from a movie like that and punch drunk love, which I think is very similar in a lot of ways, not so much in like the, 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 um, ensembleness, but in terms of like, like the chaos and like the sheer, like audacity that he is making a movie like this, it's very similar in tone. Um, but he definitely like figured out sort of his way of like toning down that sort of type of filmmaking um, mm-hmm. he kind of eases into it from there will be blood in the master. I don't count inherent vices, a movie he made. Yeah. And yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. and Is then that bad? I really do not like that movie. I like, mm. cannot believe that movie exists on this earth. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Now like that just bumped it to like the top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm probably going to agree with you. I just am so curious <sighs> to know like what. Yeah. with So without going too deep into it, I, I don't really like Joaquin Phoenix. He is like something about him <laughs> bothers me. I don't know. He's just like. I actually I like him as an actor, but I agree with you. Like there's something about him that's just almost like pompous, but he's trying. Yeah, so hard he's trying. He tries so hard to be like, I'm just like, I'm like the normal so actor. Cool. I'm like so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, come on, dude, like enough. Stop this. <laughs> yes. Like, OK, we're going to keep derailing, but this is where we are now. Yeah, I've had a long Sorry. two weeks. Like, okay, when he won the Oscar for fucking Joker, Go there, his yes. speech oh, was God. so like. Oh, like I, ha- I hate when people Preachy, accept these like, Oscars and they're just like, 
yeah, like, I don't really, like, what are the point of Oscars anyway? I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah, want why it. Why are you here? You don't do these roles like this if you don't want that as, like, the end goal. Like, just say it. And also, like, when people do that and they act like, 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 what is this Oscar about? Like, I don't even, like, need this. That's super disrespectful to everyone else who worked on that film with you. Like, that is a super big fuck you. Because, yeah, yeah you're the lead and, like, you're the face of the product. But there are hundreds of other people who worked on the film with you to get you to that place that you don't give a shit about. Like, you know, anyway, so that really bothers me about Joaquin Phoenix. And I think that does peter into how I perceive him in roles. Anyway, Joaquin Phoenix is like the people who say they don't eat McDonald's, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or they don't watch TV (laughs) or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, oh, I, I don't, I don't really watch like screens. You know, it's not really. I'm like, I saw you eating a Big Mac in an alley the other day. Like, chill. <laughs> You're not fooling no one. Yeah. Anyway, back to PTA Magnolia. Then whatever Sorry. I was saying. Anyway, so it's interesting to see his trajectory because Phantom Thread is obviously wildly different than Magnolia and Licorice Pizza even farther away from that. Um, it's un- yeah. it's unruly a lot of the times yeah. in this movie. Like. Uh, that being said, like he does, I, I mentioned this sort of like last time we covered this, but like he does this <laughs> this thing where, <laughs> like you said, he spit like the movie starts and it doesn't let up. Like he just the movie starts and he starts spinning plates, and every character and every storyline gets another plate, and he's spinning. And what's kind of crazy about it, and like, is he manages to do it in. A, and doesn't. he doesn't drop any plates. Like no. I don't, I don't Fucker. understand that at all. <laughs> like it's, it's like it's un, like it is unruly in that it's un, like it's moving so fast. Like if you feel, oftentimes there's shots like with the moving camera and it, and it's following you through, and it's like you're in a in a maze, like you're a rat in a maze or something. Yeah, like he has so many long shots, like going through the studio hallways and all that sort of stuff. There's it's, a lot of yeah. ki- like kinetic energy in the way he's shooting, a lot of movement, yeah. and it's exhausting. And like all of these, yeah. all these characters are like just they are pain and sadness and anger and and disappointment, and you're just watching as all of these people are dealing with all of these really complicated, hard emotions. And you're just like, yeah, life does suck a lot. Um, <laughs> like that's, you know what I mean? Like it just, and maybe yeah. this is just like pandemic of just like, I don't, I can't handle this, but I, I, I could not rewatch this movie. I couldn't. And I refuse to. And thankfully I take notes because I have those. Um, but that being said, I did try and like watch like some interviews with him and some mm-hmm. reviews and stuff and like some of those reviews would have clips and I'm watching these clips and I'm instantly sucked into it. Like I wish the clip was longer. <laughs> I wish I was watching this movie. Um, it's weird. It's like a weird thing. Um, but it's 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 incredible. It's like yeah. not his best movie, but it's just just an impressive feat to watch yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, part of the thing that makes it so hard to watch is that the movie is like PTA said, like the movie is really about the end of the world. Like mm. that's really what it is. Uh, it's about how people, and they refer to it a bunch of times, like in various signs and stuff like that people hold up, but like, and it feels that way. You know, I think a, a little inside joke, obviously PTA loves movies about LA and Southern California is that, you know, it's going to rain in LA and all these people are freaking out because when it rains in LA, like shit hits the fan Mm. and he represents that really well, uh, obviously with frogs, like literally in a sort of end of the world type way, but it, 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 it's handled well because all these people who have like these huge decisions in their life, whether it's admitting you don't love your husband and you're kind of happy he's going to die or, or your father's going to die or like, coming to terms that you're trying to force your kid into the same predicament that you faced when you were a child. It's all these sorts of things that feel like the end of the world to people. Uh, and he just captures yeah. it so fucking well. Um, yeah, go it ahead. really just asks the question, like, what are we even doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. that is that, like, that's what the movie feels like. Everything, things that would feel small to one person, like feel huge. Julianne Moore, her character's trajectory is just mm-hmm. wild to me because mm-hmm. it's like this idea of guilt and the way that that can weigh on you and kind of creep up and 
and never go away or just become a sickness even. And it's just like, and it's obviously so, so done to the extreme, but it's also, I don't know. It's very exciting. Like the way that story kind of goes because she's just like acting. It's like very over the top. It's like very theatrical, Theatrical, but at the same time, you kind of like know that, like if that makes sense, like, it's also blown um, to like it's so blown out to like this huge on this huge scale, but it still feels so real. So and it's interesting yeah. too that you have like two characters in the movie. Uh, well, one like father figures and like the terribleness of father figures is like a big deal in this movie, and I guess maybe something that's like through a lot of his work. I think, um, mm-hmm. but um, but I think interesting that like you have these two characters, one with a secret that we sort of get at the end, which is just damning and terrible. Um, and then this other guy, uh, who's sort of on his deathbed. And these are two guys who have sort of like lived with a lot of terrible things that they've done. And the fact that they're both living, like dying of cancer, like this idea that this terrible behavior is somehow manifested and they're inside them themselves is such a fascinating Mm -hmm. concept and idea. Um, and just like struggling with the weight of life and choices and the things that you do and the effect that it has on the people around you. And, and it's just like, makes you just stressed about like what you do (laughs) with your life and the choices you make. But then it's, what's really fascinating about the movie is like, you do have this moment with the frogs and you do have this sort of shift where it's the movie is basically like it chill. Like it's okay. Like, yeah. In a weird way, like nothing, like, the movie sets up this idea that sort of everything is connected and everything, you know, is influencing everything. And then at the end, it's like, no, shit's just random and crazy. And frogs mm-hmm. sometimes just fall out of the sky for no reason. And mm-hmm. you need to stop putting so much pressure on yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, just you're not the center of everything. And I think sometimes you, that's like a thing that can happen where people are just like damning themselves. And like they feel so regretful about the things mm-hmm. that they've done and, and the things that they've done to other people. And it just stops them from growing. And this movie is just like, it's cool. You're not the, like, you're not the center of everything. You're not the center of this. And it's yeah. not, everything is about you. Um, and if yeah, you PTA can... really loves the idea of like having characters who think they're the masters of the universe. Mm. Um, literally in the master, obviously, I mean, there will be blood. That's such a huge theme mm-hmm. with um, Daniel Plainview. Uh, even like punch drunk love Adam Sandler's character. He's like kind of a bumbling idiot, but he still thinks he's the center of this, of the world. Right. Um, and it's interesting to see it, how it works out in Magnolia, how it's 18 characters who, or whatever, 15 characters who all think the same way. And it just makes for very stressful viewing. Um, boom already talked about Julianne Moore's, um, storyline. Um, catcher, who is your favorite sort of storyline to follow through Magnolia? I guess the most joy I have is Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh-huh. uh, uh, Partridge. I don't know where his mm-hmm. first name is. Um, mm-hmm. One, because you get like one of the craziest like monologues in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I love them interacting with each other. I love like the lightheartedness with them. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just the best. But like that, we mm-hmm. don't get more movies that we're not going to get more movies from him is an outrage. Um, But he's left us a lot, a big body of work. So we should just appreciate that. Um, But he's just so wonderful in his, um, in his, in his like, I don't know, youthfulness or something Mm -hmm. like he just like the, one of my favorite scenes is him on the phone, like ordering, like pro, proto like postmates i guess where yeah. he's like getting yeah, yeah, peanut yeah, butter pre- and bread <laughs> yeah. and then gets a hustler or something and he's yeah, he's yeah. shocked that they have that like that's available yeah. for pickup um and just his boy like his boyishness i guess with that and like him uh calling he's basically this guy is dying and he he, he wants to reconnect with his son who ultimately ends up being played by tom cruise and so it's philip seymour hoffman's job to like get on the phone with Tom Cruise's people to try and get him over there. And just, he gives this speeches like, you know, this is, you know, it, this is the scene in a movie where the father's trying to reconnect. You know, this is that movie you need to connect. You know, you, we need to, I need to talk to 
Tom Cruise, whatever his character's name is. And uh, TJ Frank Mackey, yeah, TJ Mackey. Mackey. Um, and just the, his performance there, it's just lovely and nice. And it's like somehow far less stressful than everything else in the movie. Though. I mean, it's a huge foil to one of my favorite storylines, which is, you said is Tom Cruise. Like, I fucking love Tom Cruise in this movie. Obviously, a very hard role to watch uh, and absorb mm-hmm. um, for that long. But his character's arc is incredible. And something that like we, we, we talk about quite a bit on the show is that like, you know, we, we like when character actors are sort of cast out of place or cast sort of against hey. tropes. And like, could you not have gotten a more different approach, you know, for Tom Cruise with Magnolia? Like he's such a piece of shit and he's so boisterous and so unlike, you know, up until that point, unlike Jerry Maguire, well, I guess Jerry Maguire is sort of full of them, but in a different way, you know, um, the way he sort of uh, captures like toxic masculinity is like so fucking good. Uh, I know. He's so just, vile. So vile. Yeah. yeah. But then he like his vileness you see through it almost immediately, yes. right? Like when yeah. he's doing the interview scene with the um, newscaster, you can tell like in the subtle performance that Tom gives that he doesn't um, he doesn't really believe it, right? Or yes. he doesn't believe himself or he knows he's doing this out of weakness. And that is he's just so fucking amazing. He's so incredibly transparent. Yeah. 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 That's so hard mm-hmm. to do and that's so fucking amazing. Because it's very um, subtle. Of, it's very subtle. Yeah. Like you have to be able like it, he's a, a he's a he's an actor playing an actor. You know, really trying to sell it. It's like how do you sell that vulnerability that the person behind this boisterous behavior is a fraud, you know, yeah, and, and broken. And the trick PTA does that I think a lot of um people don't do like bringing back to Joaquin, I think something that the Joker failed at doing that I think um, PTA accomplishes in the character and Tom Cruise's character is that Tom Cruise's character is a piece of shit, but the way they reveal the storyline with his father and how his character break down after that, you're not saying you feel bad for him, but you're understanding him a little bit, right? Like you see, you see where his like monster was created, how he got there. You're not you're not making excuses like, oh, like I feel bad for him. Like, it's okay he does it now. Like, PTA never tries to get you to ever think that. He just wants to show you this relationship with his father, and that sort of can start the spiral, right? And that's echoed in a couple ways across the movie. Where like, I think with the Joker, you know, Todd Phillips tried doing this whole like, you know, oh, like we, we live in a I'm doing my voice boom. <laughs> oh, like we live in a society. <laughs> type thing and yeah. it, I don't think it, and it doesn't work right it, it kind of just like no it's sort of seems like you're kind of putting up this guy who's just like a piece of shit mm-hmm. um, and so you know I, I that that part is always just so such a standout to me boom what other highlights do you have people storylines well obviously the cop and John C. So Riley. John C. Riley and Claudia is mm-hmm. that her name the character's mm-hmm. name mm-hmm are so interesting to me. I really love Claudia. You love Claudia. Like you just feel for her. She's just so sad and heartbroken and coked out, but (laughs) the (laughs) performance, the performance she gives is honestly amazing. Like I've never seen so much nervous energy, just like balled up in a single human being. Um, and the pairing of her and John C. Riley's so police officer character is just so dead on. And it kind of falls into this like area where they're just two people who just like want to connect and have like been through some shit. Like John C. Riley's character is so sad. Like a, he is you such don't really a loser. feel bad. Yeah, the biggest. Yeah, loser. he's such a loser. And like he's just annoying and like. He's just trying so hard to kind of like get a leg up and yeah. like just can't, you know. Um, <laughs> and she just is like, I don't know, again, just doing her best. But their connection is kind of cute. It's like very chaotic and I don't love it. I don't like. I don't think they're like soulmates by any mean means. But I think it kind of shows like how people kind of just find each other out there sometimes and like weird places and 
I like their kind of showdown when they go out for dinner and they're just like basically one upping each other for like how fucked up they are or not even it's not even that it's just like kind of confessing that they're just sad people and John C. Riley's like I'm such a loser like I lost my gun and (laughs) like I'm a laughing stock (laughs) and just yeah well it's just but you just feel happy they found be- like someone that they can like say these things to, you right? Know? Right. Because like saying that stuff sometimes you just want to be like, yeah, I'm a total fuck up, and like, <laughs> you know, we always have to put these strong fronts on. Yeah. Like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> and going back to like the sort of the themes of the of the movie, this idea of like being honest and saying, yeah, this is what's wrong with me, is like the first step into like fixing what's wrong with you, you know, admitting what's wrong. Like we are constantly in denial about mm-hmm. the things that we think are bad about us. Um, and the things that we're not like, look at William H. Macy's character. Like he's, uh, which I can't, I can't even look at him. I can't, brutal. I can't even look at, he is like the equivalent of like the mom it's, from Requiem for a dream. Like I just can't look <laughs> him in the face because it just makes me scared. Um, but this idea that like he needs to see, he's stealing this money of braces so the guy at the bar who clearly will never be with him either way yeah. will like love him because he's so alone and just like it's so it's, depressing it's, man it's like loneliness and just grasping onto your past yeah which like is something not to this extreme is something everyone deals with in one way or another like whether it's your you know oh, i was you know in college i used to party all the time like that's still grasping or like people talking about like (laughs) oh i used to work out more i mean just so many ways that people grasp onto their past their past selves and what they used to do they capture it really well in the most devastating way with william h macy like when he when he decides like he needs the money so he goes to to rob like the mattress store that he's at and the only reason he works there is because he was like the quiz kid which like the 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 store owners it's it's alfred molina right yeah he finally goes mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking matter you're the quiz kid no one cares <laughs> no one cares about that anymore and then that's what sets him to go rob the store it's like like <laughs> oh my god yeah. you're just taking the, hurts- the one thing that he had in his mind yeah. that made him important and you've just spit on it it's just like oh my god yeah and like <clears throat> you know n- not to jump on um the pta uh, ass kissing train too much but something that like I think there is commentary to be said that PTA does primarily cast like white stories that's I'm in not I'm not in opposition to that that being said he does capture the sad white guy and not like sad boy white guy like the I'm pathetic white guy story mm-hmm. better than anyone else and <laughs> as long as he continues to do that I will continuously give him a pass because no like other directors try and fail doing like the white guy story because they're like the director or writer's like inner self of being like understand why there's sad white guy comes out a lot this like like pta like makes it pathetic like he makes he really like takes the sad white guy trope and like really be like look at these fucking losers mm-hmm. and like how easily they could not be a loser but instead they are and he just paints it all over <laughs> his movies uh and, and william h macy as like is a perfect, perfect, you know, example, uh, yeah. representation oh God, yeah. of that, you know, just like, dude, he's kind of the, he's the loser in the other movie in Boogie Nights. Too. <laughs> yeah. Plays losers um, very well. He does. Yeah. Um, it's pretty hilarious. Um, do I do it? Do any of you watch, um, shame, shameless or shameless, right? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I know. I didn't and watch I love it to the very name? end. What's her name? Emmy Rossum till I die. Yeah. Um, she, she's going to be doing a movie with Tom Holland, by the way. I saw that earlier. I was like, good for you, Emmy. Excuse oh. me? Sidetrack. Yeah, but you like, I heard that show is amazing. Tara and I just like haven't, it's like eight seasons. So it's, it's very... like, oh, it's hard to just get into there. Yeah. The first, like, I'd say up until Emmy leaves the show, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen the first episode and the first episode blew my mind. I thought it was excellent. Then why did you, you stop? Watch it was so profound the feeling I had at the end of the first episode that I was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know what happens after this, but this was all I needed. I, this was perfect. And it was, mm. it like touches me to this day. Like it affects me on a, like a, especially living in Toronto, there's enough homeless people around it. Mm-hmm. it like it, like I think of it like on a daily basis. It's, uh, 
But that was it. Like, what more do you uh, want? One yeah. episode of that. Seems like you should keep watching us. No, no, because <laughs> yeah. it's never going to be as profound as that. There's no way. It's too good what happens there yeah. to possibly be continued over eight seasons. There's no way. It honestly, for a show that lasts as long as it did, like, stays pretty strong. I was shocked it lasted as, as long as it did, but it. But you should watch. Just watch it. Yeah, just watch it. All right. Okay. All right. All right, dude. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, <clears throat> before we get to our categories, I do just want to chat about um, what what do you all think about the frogs and the ending? What were your thoughts on that? Boom. How about you? Since you watched it for the first time most recently, uh, and then what was it like uh, on the second approach? Well, I the first time the frogs. I don't know. They they were like <laughs> Honestly, boom, I didn't know what the frogs meant and I've seen this a million times and I'm only now yeah. I'm really even grasping at what it, like how it makes me feel. So don't feel bad if it's just like it make, yeah. you don't get it or whatever. Well, no, it was like less about to me it was like less about what they meant but more about kind of like what happened around them. Mm. And I think kind of in the opening scenes where they're kind of talking about how things are all connected and and yada 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 um pristine uh <laughs> review here yeah, 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 yada, yeah, yada yada yeah. yada um but so they're talking about that and then i think when like it starts raining frogs you find we find all our characters in these like interesting situations like claudia is just doing coke and then kind of continues doing coke but <laughs> like the one guy literally is trying to shoot himself and then a frog like comes and falls on the gun and then he falls over and like ends up dying a completely different way almost like in a more painful way right mm -hmm. and he's a shitty character uh and then like william h macy gets knocked off the ledge like just it's just kind of like what happens is like the funny part it's just like it's such a random thing to throw into a film i don't really understand what it's supposed to represent but um just like <laughs> you're just like okay yeah like it, do, it also didn't really seem out of place like it started happening and you're like oh okay yeah which it's is, raining frogs which is cool right yeah. like yeah. not yeah. many movies could do that and just have it be like okay i guess this is happening but PTA sets you up for two and out two and a half hours prior to this to be like, let's throw one more thing at him. And it works. He said it was like one of the first things he had thought about when writing the script was like this idea, yeah. but that he had no idea that it had it happened in the Bible. Like it wasn't a biblical thing. It was like, imagine if it just started raining frogs and then later on realized, found out like through some people that like he was talking to about the script, that it was like us, like there was a thing in the Bible a specific mm -hmm. story and um Ian, you mentioned like it showed like that bible verse shows up like a throughout times, the movie yeah. and apparently it was a thing where it was like once they found out there was a this bible reference they started sneaking the numbers from the bible verse throughout the movie in different weird ways yeah but i remember watching it for the first time and just being like go go to hell like what is this <laughs> like what well, i don't what is this like obviously it means something but I don't know what this means. And it's weird. Um, and it seemed like that was the reaction when it came out. I was watching some like uh, Ebert, uh, what's it called? Uh, Ebert reviews with people. Mm -hmm. And it was like both of the clips I saw were with like other guests. And the one on the other guest would be like, this movie's going well. And then it sucks. The frogs come <laughs> in, it ruins the whole movie. And Ebert's just like, no, you're wrong. It makes it amazing. And also it's perfect. Um, and it, it is cool. Like, it's just, you're not expecting it. It's so unexpected. I've never seen a, like a movie that does something as sort of like crazy and left out of left field as that. But like you said, it fits and it, it makes sense in the world. Um, and it's, but it is kind of jarring. And the way they shoot it, it's just like the way, the sound of them hitting the floor is so oh, squishy. God. And it's heavy, so gross, yeah. it's like so. Oh my god, it's it's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, gross. What, yeah, what, I agree. I would not be oh, sorry, okay what? if that happened. Well, just if like what frogs? IRL. Yeah, <laughs> Ian, what's your vibe? Would not be okay with the, What do you? Does it have meaning for you? Like what? Yeah, I think for me, um, just over the years, it's just been like sort of like a whatever can happen will happen type situation, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes like. I don't know. I don't think P 
PTA is a religious person. I don't really see like aspects of religion in his movies that much, but you know, sometimes I, th I think what it means and, and boom rattled off how like the frogs affected people in different ways. Like sometimes you need an act of God to sort of set you on the right path and shake you up or, and to shake you up, mm -hmm. like to rattle you a little bit. And whether it's frogs flying from the sky or sometimes it's like, you know, someone almost gets in a car accident, uh, but they like avert it at the last second. And that like kind of makes a shift in people's lives. That happens to people, um, regardless of falling animals or not. Um, and so I think that's like what, you know, my, my takeaway is from that. And I, I think it comes off, you know, quite, quite well, but, um, and again, it's just, like you said, it's just, you, I've, you've never seen anything like that. I can't imagine having watched that in a the theater and being like, what, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. This what? guy, like this guy, did, this guy did boogie nights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, just totally on another level. He has like, he definitely has range, but then everything is so specifically like him. Mm -hmm. Like if that makes yeah, sense, totally. you know, like I feel like I can, if someone put on a film and it was a PTA movie and I didn't know, like I would know pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that. No, I agree. No. To I, 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 I totally agree. <laughs> um, Cause his style isn't overt, but when you're watching a movie, you're like, okay, like I, I get, you know, I understand like his sort of themes and arches in his movies. Exactly. Agree. Um, anything else before we go to our categories? No, no, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Um, so let's go to our categories for people who just started listening to us because of uh, Senanas in the City. Uh, we do two categories every week. We say what is our criterion moment, and that's basically the reason, and the scene or sequence as to why we think a film was added into the criterion. Um, but, and since this is our pick in regards to Days and Confuse, we will use a second time to talk about why, uh, we think it relates to Days and Confuse. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go. Yeah. Okay. I think that it relates to Days and Confuse because, I mean, Days and Confuse is very much so a slice of life, like day in the life kind of film, but also is very um human in like a very fun and light way i think this film is also similar in the sense that it is very human um but just in like the heaviest way possible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that makes sense yeah. like <laughs> but i think that's where they're kind of similar like there is just this very you even if in Magnolia, like, there are some, like, really theatrical moments. There is just, like, this really, like, this level of relating that you're going to be doing the entire film where you feel like your soul's being laid bare. And it's like, ew, <laughs> I don't want this, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I feel like Dazed and Confused is similar, but it's more just, like, it's like you're kind of experiencing your you know, former child or like your inner child's just kind of out to play. It's like the more playful side of life, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, so yeah. Nice. Catcher. Um, does it relate? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, for the reasons that you mentioned sort of at the top where it is a really great ensemble uh, cast and using the ensemble cast to sort of get a point across, you know, in this case, it's, it's weird. He, it, it, they are an ensemble cast, but they're all sort of experiencing the same thing. Um, and it's all being sort of almost feels like it's all being experienced at the same time, you know? And I mean, it happens over one night, so that's part of it. But this idea, it's like that they're all sort of confronting themselves, uh, which is cool. Um, which I guess is also a little bit like um, uh, Dazed and Confused because they are confronting like who they want to be. What, what what they want to be coming like where are they going who are they going to become as they get older what's important to them um and it's fun and also there are some needle drops in this too mm -hmm. which PTA, of which i can yeah, remember none of course because i'm an asshole and didn't watch the movie <laughs> but i have a specific note here that there's a bunch of them which was funny yeah. because really like so much of it was about uh amy mann and the her mm -hmm. songs but there are a mm -hmm. bunch of needle drops in this too which is really fun so yeah i love that uh, I, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. 
on both your fronts and I kind of said it before, but I think it just captures, you know, there's a lot of vibes with it. The blank checkness of the movie, um, the ensembleness, the sort of mm. looking at yourself in the future, um, what's next for you type things are all, I think, totally aligned. He really does um, take that blank check thing though, and it like really goes uh, all, like <laughs> like Days of Confused yeah. definitely does not go nearly as as far no. with that blank check as he does with this, which is and I it think worked pretty for telling. him. Yeah, luckily mm-hmm. it could have not. It very easily could have not worked, and that could have been the end of his career. Yeah, uh, but thank God the people mm. liked it, and we got to keep seeing movies made by him. Um. All right. The uh, then our criterion moments. We'll go in reverse order. Uh, my criterion moment is the. I'm deciding between two. My Sorry. criterion moment is a, a a little more subtle of a scene, but I think it's actually the first quiz kid scene. Um, mm. because it introduced. I mean, it also all, a it has that amazing walk through the studio prior to it, which is incredible. But also um, the way it introduces like the host and like the producer and the dad and the kids, like the tension in that scene, there should be no tension. It's just a kid's quiz show. But the stakes feel so fucking high. Uh, it's so true. It's it, Yeah, I, I, I think about that scene a lot. Um, there's a lot to think about in this movie, but I, I always come back to that scene. So that, that's going to be it for me. Even just that part where it's like he's asking uh, Felicity Huffman, she's like the the assist like the helper for the kids i yeah. guess and he's like where where do they get the information for the weather reporting is it coming from here and you're just like why does this kid feel just made out of purely tension like he just yeah. seems so stressed and yeah. so pent up it's just like it's yeah it's, yeah as we've said difficult to watch uh, uh catcher yeah okay so um i think it, i mean is it the fro- it's gotta be the frogs, right? Like, I mean, there's so <laughs> many amazing, uh, so many amazing scenes uh, in this movie, but it's gotta be the frogs. Like, uh, as the Criterion moment, it's the moment in the movie that's like, it's now more than anything else it would have been before. Before yeah. it would have been before the frogs, everything is just like a really melodramatic story about family, and it you know, and then everything gets tied up nicely in a bow at the end. And the frogs mm-hmm. just add this whole other layer to it that just like takes it to the next level. So yeah, mm. I think, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I had not thought about that. That's a great call. Uh, boom. I'd say my criterion moment. Well, before it was when the old man was on the death on his deathbed, talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman about how he, um, like what, basically what he regrets, but then, like kind of lying to himself and being like, I don't, I don't have any regrets or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my new criteria moment is the end, like the very end when Claudia smiles. Yeah. Mm, Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. It's a powerhouse ending. It is. It is. That's, that's a great call. Mm -hmm. Very specific. Uh, Looking back on our episodes, I've realized now that this is actually the end of our dazed and confused exploration. It is is the end. (laughs) Because we did, Project X with Catcher, uh, almost famous with Boom, and then I wrapped up with uh, Magnolia. So before we get to our listeners' uh, emails and Kev's email that's been sitting there for God knows how long, um, do we think we did a good job of exploring Days and Confuse overall with those three films? I think we did. Yes, but... Yeah, I think this was like a good series for sure. Yeah, I like the breadth of stuff that we covered. Yeah. Um, and I really think that Samantha really embodies what uh, <laughs> uh, Linklater was going for when he was talking about the youthfulness uh, that we should. No, I don't know. Yeah, I think no. But I th- I, seriously, though, I, I do think so. And it was fun to like it was fun to watch this in particular because it really is like uh, I think it's like sort of the most left field, oddly enough, like sort of the most left field choice from that yeah. but in this in a yeah. weird way it's like the closest so yeah. yeah yeah it's cool nice um boom anything else addition i i think we did i think it was good yeah i i loved it it was great series i had a good time <laughs> it's not it's also, not amazing spider-man 2 so it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> um awesome so let's get to our email if you want to email us, 
because we are back on our regular train. Shoot us an email at synonotspod at gmail.com. This was sent November 29th. Is this from my is this, is this from my mom or from Kev? Because there's one from this my is mom. From Kev. Okay. There's one from my mom too. Okay, I will find. I think it's even older Kev. than the one from Kev. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is this is from Kev. So we'll play this one. Synonauts, it's Kev. Wow, big surprise. We're back at Paul hey. Thomas Anderson. <laughs> and what a movie, Magnolia. Probably my favorite of his, but it's always a tough race. Tons of Criterion moments in this movie. The super efficient opening credits, the super long shots behind the scenes of the quiz show, the camp god at the bar hello mm. i really love the cast in this movie <laughs> and it speaks to all their skills that anderson wrote the script intentionally to challenge some prominent leads at the very least cruz macy and riley in terms of working against style and in julianne moore to kind of pump up the volume and just go into the very intense performance and all of them yeah. even the ones that i didn't list rise up to the occasion and then some i can't wait to hear you guys tear this thing apart um, because I've loved it ever since my freshman year of college. I did see Licorice Pizza over the weekend, and I promise no spoilers until hopefully you guys chat about it after you've had a chance to see it. I will say, however, look, it's not like he magically turned around and made a shitty movie. <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. Thank you guys very much. <laughs> I curse you for getting me into Sex in the City, because now I don't know how to stop. Um, for the record, look at I you now, Kev. Miranda at once. And inside me, there are two wolves, yin-yang kind of deal. Um, but more of that when it's time. Thanks. Amazing. That is hilarious to listen to in retrospect. Yeah. It's like a time capsule. It is. It is a time capsule. We got one more email. This is from Catcher's lovely mother. Hi, Mom. Uh, oh, and, and Dad. It looks like Francesca and Al's on this. So uh, a little context here. Uh, when we were talking about uh, Project X catcher asked all of us. So what was our like best, uh, what was our best house party, uh, story. Par- house party story? And catcher told one about a rager he threw at his house in which his grandparents came over and he kept them outdoors and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so go back and listen to the, uh, the uh, party X part, what Pro- party X project version? X project X uh, episode, if you want context, but anyway, this is from catcher's mom. Hello, Synonauts. Hope you are all well. We should have sent this a couple weeks ago, but it has taken us this time to recover from the shock of Catcher's story about the party he and his brother Anthony (laughs) threw at the house while we were away on holidays. The images of people laying top of our furniture, some of which we still own, was hard to process (laughs) and erase from our minds. Dear Lord. Yeah. Uh, The only justice would have been if the grandparents assisted on going inside. We would have paid to see that show, although Catcher and Anthony were sneaky and dishonest. (laughs) They did manage to clean up the house well, and we had no idea about this until a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Because I think I suspected that they, they <laughs> that knew. They, they knew, but it turns slide, out right? I guess not, yeah. Okay, Thank I guess God. not. This is another reason to tune into your podcast each week, because you never know what we may discover. In the spirit of Christmas, we, will, tea. <laughs> we right. will forgive them both. However, next time they come to our house, we'll be asking them to leave their keys in case all this talk about parties give them further ideas. We uh, <laughs> we wish you all a joyous and peaceful Christmas. Ian, in Ian, enjoy your first Christmas with Isla, and in the future, don't leave her alone at your house, LOL. We look forward to hearing wonderful things you do in podcasts in 2022. Thank you very much, Francesca. Christmas with Isla was amazing, as (laughs) I will tell you in March of 2022. Uh, And it is a shock that that catcher that she did not know. I know. That's very impressive. Thank God. I I would have bet serious money on that. For real. I always assume parents just know. Thank God. Yeah, me too. Who knows? Uh, we have no tea with Boom this week, but follow us on Instagram at Synonauts and we will b- get back on the tea wagon. Uh, love tea wagons. Catcher. Yeah. The, the time is now. It's now. It has taken us three months <laughs> to finish this exploration of uh, Dazed and Confused. We have gone all over the place. Mm-hmm. We took a quick jaunt through Sex in the City Land. However, now it is time to get us back on track uh, for and determine our next exploration um, in the Criterion Collection. So please, have the floor. Okay, so when we first recorded this like a million years ago, we had also recorded Tick, Tick, Boom episode. Um, and so I wanted to do like a musical thing, keep on the musical train. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then 
it's been three months and like pfft, I can't I can't stay on one idea for more than five minutes. So the idea that sure. it would be the same movie again, uh, it's not. So um, oddly enough, we will be sticking with L.A. in L.A. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to read the uh, Criterion sort of blurb from the website. Okay. Uh, Film noir hits the mean streets of 1990s Los Angeles in this stylish and subversive underworld odyssey from veteran actor-director Bill Duke. Lawrence Fishburne stars as Russell Stevens, a police officer who goes undercover as John Hall, the partner of a dangerously ambitious cocaine trafficker, Jeff Goldblum. In order to infiltrate and bring down the powerful Latin American drug ring operating in L.A. There's some other stuff I won't get into it. What we are watching is 1992's Deep Cover. Nice. Uh, It also has uh, the debut single from Dr. Dre is uh, the sort of theme song of this movie. So that should be fun. Um, But basically, Ian, we have a friend of ours, Tim, had... Talk started talking about this movie, and he asked if like you were Tim Tim or Tim 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 yeah Timothy Tim okay got yeah, it. and he was like, oh, are you guys gonna cover Deep Cover? It's it's in the Criterion. He and he had just watched it one day, and he sent and I looked into it. I was like, this movie looks like a a bunch of fun. So, uh, it was just added the Criterion like <laughs> last year, I think. Cool. Um, oh, wow. Bill Duke, most people know as like an actor. I think he was like in Predator or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a bunch of other movies. You look him up, you'll know exactly who he is. But he directed yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited. The idea of uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Is, is this our first Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. And maybe our first so. Jeff Goldblum. I think so. it is. Def- definitely a first yeah. Goldblum, yeah. So this is great. I'm very excited. I've never seen this film, but I, Sophie and I were put it on a few months ago and didn't finish it. Ooh. So wow. I'm excited. But not because it was bad, because we were just like, it was a vibe. So I'm excited to like watch it for real. It was just like, it wasn't the vibe we wanted. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I understand the vibe factor of, of having to yeah. stop a movie. I, I respect that. Yeah. I think we ended up putting on like, bring it on. Sure. Like that was the vibe. Sure. And then deep cover was not the vibe. Hell yeah. Nice. I am excited about this. I have not seen this movie either. Great pick. And I'm sure there's going to spin out a lot of good. Lots of interesting stuff. Yeah. Lots of good picks on our end. Um, very cool. Uh, well, we did it. We finally did it. Oh, yeah. We did it. We finished Magnolia. We did it. And Boom is about to pass out. Um, Guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we did good. We did. I'm glad we did this. Um, yeah. We'll talk to everyone next week for Deep Cover. Adios. Bye, everyone.